Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can say, um, you know, in response to the various defenses of democratic fecklessness uh, in relation to this or, or anything else in relation to Biden's domestic agenda, which, you know, uh, was just kind of picked apart from nine trillion to six trillion to, you know, two trillion to, you know, we're not passing it at all. You know, there's the response you get where it's like, well, what about cinema? What about mansion, uh, etc.? There's all kinds of things that could be said about that. But I mean, the really practical practical rejoinder really is, uh, well, uh, the president actually has a lot of executive power at their disposal. And uh, as you said, you know, whenever the, the, the rare times that I've seen Biden be pressed on that, there's two responses. One is he'll just deny that executive power has the scope that people suggest it does. And, you know, the reply to that is, well, look at all the executive orders Trump passed. And then, you know, the more common thing I've heard about executive power from Biden is kind of a response to that implicitly, where he'll say like, well, but, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, if Trump abused executive power, and I'm not going to do that. I'm assuming it's still up on the internet, but the uh, the American Prospect created something called, I think it's called the Day One Agenda. Um, and it's basically just a ton of executive orders touching on all kinds of issues that Biden could pass. And I mean, I think, uh, I do think with creative use of executive orders, there are potential responses to something like this. I mean, through executive order, you know, you can control who gets federal contracts, for example. So you can say that, well, states that don't meet certain conditions, you know, companies that operate in those states won't get, you know, won't uh, be eligible for federal contracts, that kind of thing. I mean, that would be a, an extremely uh, drastic and radical measure. But I mean, what's the alternative when something like this is going on? I don't expect expect liberals to start uh, or and Democrats to start, you know, thinking like the right in terms of their strategic or, or tactical ambition or boldness. But I mean, that is the response that's justified in this case. It's amazing the extent to which he's not the right president for this moment. There really is no one at the wheel there. He wouldn't have been a good president 15 years ago. He would have been a very Obama-like president 15 years ago. But something that Obama was good at in his way was being the national narrative weaver in chief, you know, the, the tone setter in chief, the guy who would, would reorient the current moment into uh, how this is just another bump on the long road to progress. And Biden can't even do that, you know? It's funny because this is kind of, in a sense, the one thing that Biden was elected to do but at any rate we're talking about one of the classics of surrealist cinema the 1930 film lage d'or which is commonly translated to the golden age directed by a young louis bunuel written by bunuel and salvador dali this was bunuel's second film after his and dali's still iconic un chien andalou the classic short film that has that scene of a woman's eye being sliced open uh, very realistically lage d'or is a movie that was banned not long after it came out. Its patrons, the patrons who paid for it and paid for a lot of the French surrealist work at the time, took it out of circulation, uh, not least because the Vatican threatened to excommunicate them for this film. And in fact, it was not commercially available again until 1979. 